Give me head, babe. Welcome to another edition of The Headbin, the weekly NRL Supercoach Draft podcast. Each week, we'll take a swing at the key topics influencing the world of Supercoach Draft, NRL, and the highlights from our very own weekly draft comp, The Headbin. Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome back to week nine of The Headbin, the NRL Supercoach Draft podcast. Uh, it's great to have everyone back. Benny, uh, you're with us tonight. How are you, buddy? Yeah, mate. Really good to be back. It's good to actually have some relevant footy to talk about and some relevant super coach uh, to deal with. You know, it was it was good doing our all-time stats, and but it, it did was a bit of a drag getting through the end few weeks there. So it's good to good to see some footy coming coming through on the horizon. And Lukey, you're on there with us too, mate. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, really good actually. Uh, okay. Any sentiments and um, still very uh, curious to see how this is all going to play out, not only just from a super coach perspective, but the league itself and, you know, how it's all going to run if it's smoothly. I mean, there's so much stuff that's still being sorted out, you know, even with the refs. Um, going to that fair work hearing over the decision to only run with one ref and, and new rules and stuff. I mean, that to me just seems like a... Uh, a cat amongst the pigeons at such a late stage. Yeah, we seem to be uh, moving the goalposts as we're going along and just figuring it out as we're going along. But that's okay. I think that uh, fans are copying that because we we know we're close to getting some footy back. And, um, you know, things at the start of the lockdown, the whole crowd, uh, no crowd uh, situation was was pretty foreign and hard to deal with. Whereas now, um, you know, I think we've all kind of swallowed that and, and happy to move on regardless and uh yeah look there's a few um you know creases that they have to iron out um you know obviously uh, up until you know kind of the last couple of days the the uh anti-vaxxer thing was still still a big issue with all of this um the uh home grounds were just or the venues were just announced this afternoon which is which is really good um, but again, there's a couple more things that you expect to be uh, putting concrete or setting concrete over the next uh, couple of weeks or a couple of days before before we, we kick off. But yeah, very good to be back, everyone out there, and uh, you know have some super coach content to talk to. As Benny said, you know it was good to put together our lists, but a bit tedious towards the end because it was a bit of a bit of a big process for us to pull all that together. But good to uh, just bring some content um, to the fore anyway. So. Um, to, on tonight's episode, um, you know, obviously we've got some tentative team lists that have been re- uh, released in the last couple of weeks, and it's all kind of hearsay at this point. Um, but again, um, there's been some some pretty uh, good free agency activity happening in our competition, and I can only assume in other competitions over the last couple of weeks. So we wanted to talk to that. A uh, fair few injuries, obviously, in the resumption of training with squads. And um, also some off-field behaviour and stuff, which might lead us into to some, uh, you know, some of our free agent talk as well. So, fair bit of activity to talk to. But you know, look, the Paul Warriors are struggling. I, I see this afternoon that Adam Kieran's gone down now with a knee injury, and obviously a bit of a backup half option who was playing in the centres uh, late before the lockdown happened. Um, you know, they've lost Tavanga, uh, which I'm hearing is not as bad as first thought. Um, but obviously, um, Lisa Armour with the pec injury and Jackson Fry before that. 
and a bunch of your foal before that to the ACLs. So those poor poor bastards are uh, having a pretty rough trot since they've been over here. And I know there's been some talk around them being able to have access to the New South Wales Cup players and Queensland Cup players. And I hope that can get overturned because it was declined. But those uh, those guys are really having a tough time of it this year, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, they, they are indeed. And it'd be so hard to get up for every week. But, you know, hopefully they are professionals about it and know that this is what they're getting paid for and they don't just mail it in. Um, I've got a bit of a uh, opinion on the um, Warriors free agents that uh, I'd, I'd, I might bring up later on too in terms of um, acquiring them for Supercoach. So, um, yeah, I'll go a bit in depth with it, I think, when we, we talk about our free agents on that one. So, yeah, it's a quite interesting situation there, I reckon. You know, definitely uh, not the only club suffering a bit of turmoil and stuff like that over the last few weeks. Obviously, the Titans have had uh, a bit of a bumpy, um, you know, pre-season or, or kind of uh, entry into the, the restart with, with all the uh, Bryce Cartwright and Brian Kelly stuff happening there. I mean, fortunately for them, uh, two pretty replaceable guys normally, but their, their squad is pretty thin. I'd, I'd, I'd certainly be taking a Brian Kelly over Bryce Cartwright. I think they've got a few blokes that they could definitely, um, you know, put in his seat if he's not going to play ball, but obviously he's had the exemption now. And uh, obviously the Raiders... Uh, a few hiccups down there with uh, Tarpanay, Soliola and um, my boy uh, Josh Papali as well. So uh, bits and pieces happening all over the league. Souths, obviously, um, you know, Jimmy Roberts checked into rehab. Not really sure what the extent of that is. Uh, you know, obviously he's had some issues in the past. Uh, Latrell had some off-field stuff going on as well. And now as recent as yesterday, Cody Walker's video um, obviously surfaced. So some teams definitely dealing with, um, you know, the effects of uh, some the, the lockdown and keeping guys uh, locked up for a while and seeing how they, uh, they act up on the outside of that. But what's your thoughts on uh, what's happening with the other clubs, boys? Yeah, well, Wayne Bennett said after the Latrell issue, I'm not new to this. I think he said something like that to the press. You know, this is my first radio. I know what I'm doing. Then Jimmy Roberts, then Cody Walker. So every bit of that uh, expertise that Wayne claims to have, we we have seen a lot of it, admittedly, but it's going to be put to the test, I think, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's tough to see. I mean... He's dealt with, he's known as one of the best man managers to ever coach. Um, but, you know, this is a bit of a challenge. He's got two blokes sort of just gone AWOL. Um, and it's going to cause him some headaches, I've no doubt, regardless of his expertise. Yeah, look, I think that it definitely um, derails any title hopes that South ha- Souths have. Uh, I think they were going to struggle to, to get there anyway. But, um, you know, top eight, maybe. Uh, but they're going to have to to write those off-field uh, issues before um, you know that can be that can even be a target. So, um, but what it has obviously done, and we'll touch on that later, is it's definitely helped some clubs get it, get through some injury problems that they've had. Uh, you know, the best part of a ten-week layoff um, you know, has seen uh, you know the Broncos return with a, with a stronger list. Um, and there's some other clubs there too, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But uh, the draw for the next two rounds is out, guys. Uh, we've seen that. Um, obviously, Supercoach hasn't replicated that too. I think they've only gone one round ahead. But before the lockdown too, they hadn't really put out a, um, a full cast draw for the whole season. It was just kind of one round at a time. 
and um, the NRL have done that obviously round three and four. So as I said earlier, it just kind of, um, you know, looks like the NRL are kind of doing it as they go, making it up as they go. But initial thoughts on the first uh, two rounds, boys. What do you got? Oh, there's definitely some good good games. There's quite a few good little rivalries there. Um, I'm pretty keen to watch the first game, to be honest. The Broncos power game is going to be pretty, pretty good, I think. Um, and then... I've, I've always enjoyed watching the Roosters Rabbitohs games they've probably been solid so I think the, the first two two draws back are pretty prime a grand final rematch and that's just in the first round yeah yeah I think um, they've strategically picked these matchups apparently and I think they've done a pretty good job because I think there's enough to keep people interested um, and you know talking create talking points as well some really good handy Super coach looking games. The Sharks Tigers, I think, is one that looks like it might have plenty of points in it. Cowboys Titans as well looks like one that might have points. And same with Broncos Eels, really, two high scoring teams that, you know, like shootouts. And I think, uh, too, um, the Bulldogs play like Bulldogs in round two. Uh, if you've got some Sea Eagles, they could be in for, um, in for some points on uh, Sunday at 6.30. So, you know, um, Manly can do anything, and, and they they're another um, another team that have benefited a little bit from that. Obviously, having AFB and, and uh, Gerbo slowly coming back, I think that they'll definitely relish the last ten weeks having them off, um, and they can fully recover. I guess the other thing too about having all this time off is players haven't really had the access to rehab that's been well documented. So hopefully, there's there's not a lot of soft tissue injuries, and and teams can kind of get get back into it. Round four, moving into round four, and the Broncos are up against it again um, with the Roosters on uh, on Thursday night. So a couple of tough games for the Broncos. The Panthers have the Warriors, which is probably good for them on Friday night, being that those first two weeks, Cleary will be out, um, which is a bit of a break for them. And uh, the Storm Rabbits. On, so the NRL's done a good job of putting blockbuster matchups on telly straight up. Hey, like they, you know, they've obviously gone. You know, we need uh, we need viewers straight away so hopefully you know you don't feel the effects of a watered down draw after the first five or six rounds but uh definitely looking forward to some of those matchup boys that's for sure definitely man 100 percent. yeah um when yep. when you touch on that uh, tigers sharks game you gotta remember that's now gonna be with with winter coming in 5 30 dark and it's at bank west there's no points none yeah yeah you're right we we haven't spoken enough about how horrible Bank West is on fantasy. Um, that's a lie because we have. and But need, more needs to be said about it because it's just disgraceful. And what's disgraceful about it too is it actually makes for bad viewing for the broadcasters. So if I was a broadcaster, I'd be like, you know what? These night games at Bank West, they're not good games. Let's, let's, let's not start by putting Canterbury on one of them as they did all last year. Yeah. Well, well, I don't think it's that we don't talk enough about it. I don't think it's talked enough about in the NRL, um, you know, public. I, I don't think it's yeah. enough, enough has said about it. Like, it's been uh, game after game. It just, it, it turns in ordinary, um, you know, competition. And, and I just, I think there was a game, uh, was it late last year? I think it was the last round, maybe, where Parramatta played Manly there. And um, they killed him. Sivo uh, scored three tries, etc., uh, etc. Et that was that was the exception, I think. 
um, because I think that game started at about 4.30 and went yeah. to about 6.30. It was, you know, it was kind of that dewy time of the day, but they, they definitely um, would have experienced a bit of slip and slide out there and they seemed to seem to get past it. But generally, um, it's provided some pretty ordinary games. I think there was a, was there a Tigers-Eels game there once where it was like 10-8 or something. The Penrith Parramatta game last year where remember Penrith lost their first, I don't know, six, seven games or something like that. The one we won on was the one we beat Parramatta there and it was like 2-0 at half time and we won 8-2 or something like that and it was just disgusting. Yeah, I can't say I'm a huge fan of low scoring games even as it is not fun to watch either. I mean, like good... Good teams, like if you watch a, maybe a Roosters Manly or a, or a Storm Roosters or something and it's 4-2, there's some good footy played with some good defence. But when you're looking at your bottom eight teams finishing games at 8-4 you know, and shit like that, it's just not, not good to watch. Well, because really those games are that way because both teams haven't respected the footy and they've been horrible with it. Just yeah. drop, There's errors. There's errors and penalties. Whereas it's never... Both teams are firing shots, but just defending their asses off and shutting it, both teams down. That that never happens. So, yeah, and that that field does generate a lot of those ordinary scorelines. Certainly does. So, guys, just before we jump into um, the crux of what this episode's about, and that's obviously um, some free agent targets and, and bits and pieces, I uh, just want to do a quick recap of where our comp is at and, and um, where you're sitting heading into the next uh, next few rounds, um, what your team's looking like and what's the biggest concern for your team. So, Benny, I'll, I'll start off with you, mate. So, where, where are you sitting on the ladder and, and what's, your, what's your squad looking like? Give us a self-assessment of your squad. Oh, the self-assessment of my squad's pretty poor at the moment. I, um, I was worried about Trell. I don't even know what's going to happen now. Um, so I'm just I'm just bringing up my our league now. See where I sit. You're one and one, aren't you? Yeah, Danny? I think I'm one and one. Um, I just can't see how low there. You'll be top eight, I reckon, for sure. Uh, fourth. There we go. <laughs> fourth. Sitting fourth. So sitting fourth with a uh, points difference of 94. I had a decent win in the second week after a shitty loss in the first. So I kind of made up for that. Um, yeah, mate, the team's not great. Uh, I've got some strengths there. Um, We've got Connor Watson at hooker, and I've just read today that there's going to be some blokes pushing for his spot. And he has performed there pretty well uh, in the first two rounds, and I was pretty impressed uh, as a second last round pickup, I believe. And yeah, if if someone's going to push him for his spot and it's going to reduce his minutes, he's useless to me. I need to go find another hooker. Um, I picked up picked up Jordan Rapana off the waivers when he was announced back into the NRL. Um, I picked him up at sixth. I know that you left him, Lukey, due to just he didn't do a lot last year. But I would have thought there was other blokes in our league that would have would have picked him up for sure. Um, as for the rest, the back row's strong enough. If Jake Turbo can get back to what he was doing, right? Jake Turbo and Luciano Lua there. Um, I need Lua to not have been on the pies this whole break and come back as fit as he was when he started because he looked pretty good and his motor looked decent. Um, I've heard uh, I've heard both Leilua's are in pretty good shape. Okay, well, that's good. Good news. It could have really gone the other way. Like it could have gone the <laughs> complete opposite mm, direction. Yeah. Um, I got AFB and Blake Laurie in the front row at the moment with Fafita on the bench. I don't know what's going to happen with Fafita. Um, he was pretty boxy in the first two rounds. So at the moment, I'm running with Locker. Uh, AFB 
I don't know what's going to happen there uh, with the, the vaccination stuff. So I'm just going to have to see and wait for the team list next week to make a call on that. Um, Brooks is supposedly back um, when we when we come back on. So hopefully I can finally slot him into the halves. And at the moment, uh, I've just got Billy Walters taking up some space there. Uh, Scotty. Is, uh, is uh, he a hammy? I think Brooks he was, Brooks yeah. I believe he was. Mm, so yeah, he was a... It was a bit bad one too because yeah. it was a four week, four to five weeker, I think. Yeah, it wasn't a twin shoot. I think it was a proper tear. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so my player so far, my best player has been Scotty Drinkwater. So I'm hoping that when we come back, he's as good as he was because he he looked pretty good for the Cowboys, especially considering he'd only played a handful of games, six for them. Um, back line, I got Bronson Jerry back. Hopefully. Um, News coming out of Granola's he's looking pretty fit and ready to go. It'd be good. It'd be just nice that he's done maybe some catching practice over the break. Um, I'd rather not minus 14 at the end of the game in errors. <laughs> um, Mike Acevo uh, does what he does. There's not a hell of a lot there you can talk about. Um, Teddy, Teddy in the back line, uh, is, again, does what he does. You know what to expect out of Teddy. Um, and Curtis Scott's been surprisingly good as well. So... I've got Latrell Mitchell on the bench and yeah, I, I'd really like him to fire but I just think I'm going to have to try and trade him maybe but no one's really going to be interested in our league um, and then worst case I'll just drop him to the way if shit continues. Yeah, I'll have to trade him high. Um, oh, sell, him, sell him high. I'll, I'll sell him after so. 110 somewhere against the uh, yeah. Titans or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Benny. Um, obviously... Being sitting fourth and uh, having a win under your belt going into into that break is, is pretty handy. Lukey, how are you looking, mate? Uh, obviously, two two wins, zero losses at this point, and uh, you are definitely one who uh, was spruiking not to have to restart the comp. Um, so it's worked out pretty good for you in that sense, mate. How's your team looking? Yeah. Um, look, I've got two wins early, uh, which is really good. However, my team's not looking great. So... Um, yeah, I, I'm sort of in a bit of strife because of the Nathan Cleary owner. So um, it's going to hurt my team because he's been in really good form. So I'm really light on in the forwards. I drafted 10 and we do a snake draft. So I got 10 and 11 and my 11 pick was Roger Tuavasa, who's obviously been extremely underwhelming. Um, and it's really hard to pick from there, I learned, because I've never picked from there. And that... Yeah, you really don't get all, all the meat of each round, all the like talent of each round. Really, it goes, it just goes before you get to it, before it gets to you. So this, I'm very light on. He's fucking sitting here crying about being kissed on the dick all these years with his one to five picks. <laughs> I, that's good drafting. You, you can't blame me for drafting well. That's, but I am struggling this year because I've got a really good spine. I think I've, I've Hodgson, who's been pretty good. Um, not out sitting the world on fire. Cleary, Milford in my halves, two of us are Sheck, which but um, my centre three quarters, Blake Ferguson, Kyle Felt, Bill Sammy, and Katoni Staggs. So that, that's that's pretty strong. Staggs and Ferguson. Staggs and Ferguson are pretty good there. I, I rate yeah. Katoni Staggs and you know I think he's he's the top point scorer in the NRL at the moment, fantasy point scorer, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. <clears throat> So that, that, that you know that they're pretty good and have you know some decent top end about them, but um, yeah, Tohu Harris Wade Graham Boyd Corner. I'm on back row, which are they're sort of number two back rowers 
you know, maybe Tohu Harris possibly, but he's not going to peak in that Warriors side. Front rowers, I've basically got waiver wire material. Liam Knight, who's doing nothing, and Dan Saifidi. So I'm just trying to make it up in other positions, but I was very active on the waiver um, and free agency. So I've shelled my bench and I managed to pick up Tioni Mataudia, who could be a really good prospect with the Mitch Barnett injury. Um, he's dual. I've grabbed Ash Taylor just as Nathan Cleary cover. That's all it is, just Nathan Cleary cover. Um, Josh Dugan. Um, I've grabbed Josh Dugan because if he has snagged the fullback position, if Matt Moreland doesn't come up, then Josh Dugan at fullback should be starting in everyone's team. He's, oh, a, he's a dual yeah. fullback oh, center winger. So I've grabbed him, and I've also grabbed cover for two of us to check in Dylan Edwards. So. I did all right free agent wise in the break, but yeah, my team, yeah, needed Cleary. <laughs> That's all I'm saying oh, for sure. And and look, man, I reckon by the end of the season, there'll there'll definitely be games where you're playing Edwards over two of us. Check, unfortunately, because uh, oh, geez, the Warriors look so skinny. Um, and and it's funny, it's funny. I remember when you went when we were drafting, and you went Cleary. You turned Cleary into two of us. Check. Folks' heads dropped and just went, ah, oh, shit. But uh, I bet you're wishing uh, potentially you looked at Cam uh, Smith, who went at number 12, I think. That wouldn't have been a bad pickup. <laughs> no, Cam no, Smith went first round, didn't he? Did he go first round? Can't see. For Maybe us? He Maybe he did. Yeah, actually, I think yeah. he did. Actually, you're right, I think. I think yeah, he might have. He did uh, go first round. Nine. Did Googs go in? No, no, was no, it, no. Was it, was it, it Benny? Oh, it was Bazza. Yeah, he might have been Baza. No, 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 Baza um, went, went Ponga. Ponga, that's right, Ponga. No, but it, nevertheless, there was a couple of, couple of. Yeah. Uh, oh, Madison, I would, have, I would have taken Madison straight away, or Cam Murray. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I but, definitely would have done it. Ah, uh, look, it, you know, it, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know what they say, yeah. but uh, yeah, the Cleary, the Cleary thing's obviously going to hurt um, because there's not a lot of replacements on the wire straight up so um, but handy to get the two wins under your belt that's for sure yeah well that's why I've grabbed Ash Taylor because he's the best and he's draw they've got they've got the Cowboys which could be points for him um, yeah you know if he gets me 50 in that game I'll be happy it's going to be a dry track and I think he's kicking goals so mm, if yeah. Tyron Roberts isn't playing so we'll see what happens there but um, yeah it's always good to be up the top obviously it's going to be a shortened season, so handy to handy to be up top. Yep. Boys, I'm uh, I'm sitting in sixth with a one and one record. Um, just sitting outside the top five on four and against. I got a bit of a spanking that first week to you, Lukey, after I had a couple of HIAs and bits and pieces. Um, do me wrong, uh, but second week I got a pretty handsome win, about 125 points, um, which has got me up to sixth. My biggest concern is hooker. I drafted Blake. Rayleigh, really late. Um, didn't focus on the hookers. Once the good ones were gone, I tried to strengthen other positions. Uh, I picked up Harry Grant, but in hindsight, I don't know how that plays out because with Luke Brooks back now, uh, you got three blokes fighting for, for two positions, essentially. Um, well, well half, uh, two half positions um, in, in uh, Billy Walters. Did a reasonable job there. Harry Grant may share time there, but you've got Josh Reynolds there as well now. Uh, so... I don't know what I'm going to do there. Might might go back to Blake. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Uh, some other concerns. Obviously, Morgan decided to have a bit of a shoulder clean out in uh, in the break, and that's probably going to see him miss the first couple of weeks. However, uh, I did pick up Dylan Brown, 
unbelievably uh, after his 123, who is dual halfback in 5'8". Um, that was about a week or so after the shutdown. I thought I might just jump on. So I've grabbed him um, for a bit of cover there. So so hopefully, um, you know, I think obviously having Moses as well is not ideal to play them both. But, you know, Dylan Brown's matchup based. So whenever they're playing a Warriors or a Titans or something like that, um, it could be worth playing both Moses and Brown. And then the other one is Josh Papali. So hopefully Palaszczuk gives the same kind of exemptions that she did to um, Cartwright to the the Canberra boys. And I don't feel the effects of uh, him not getting the flu jab. But um, it's quite funny for me in the off uh, in the um, in the break. I actually ditched a few players that I drafted and I picked them in round one and I picked them all back up. So Cohen Hess and Alex Glenn I ditched and then they were both still sitting on the waiver wire. So I picked them both back up and so my bench is still not too bad, although I do have four Cowboys in my team, which is a little bit, uh, it's probably one or two too many for my liking. My centre wingers weren't great to start the season. Corey Oates obviously had an injury, but he's going to be good now. Alex Glenn, um, hopefully he can cement 80 minutes on an edge. So he'll be my fourth centre winger. Joe Manu and Brian Tuo, which we talked to in some of our other episodes, hopefully can turn their early season poor form around. Um, but I, I picked up Alex Johnson off the waiver. I thought maybe he'll get a play at fullback, but we were talking about it today, Lukey, and it looks like he'll probably get a wing spot. So that can just be a floating bench spot for me to kind of bring blokes in and out um, as we see fit. So that's kind of where I'm at. So Nice one. Yeah, sitting sitting in six just on the outside looking in. So we'll see see how it goes first, first week back. And uh, I don't even know who I'm playing, actually. First week back, I haven't had a look at the draw yet. I guess it doesn't really matter. You just got to worry about what your team does. <laughs> yeah. Um, try and get that right first. So that's that's kind of our draw, guys. So good stuff. So um, I thought before we jump into uh, jump into the um, free agents as well, we'll just cover off some some key injuries and suspensions um, that we know of, and maybe some key key returns uh, for each club. Yeah. So. Um, we'll start with the Broncos really quickly, and we'll just rush through these because I don't want to take too much time. But uh, obviously, they had a few injuries heading into the break in Corey Oates, Alex Glenn, and Brody Croft. Matt Lodge was another one, um, but they're all going to be fit, so they're so they're looking pretty good. And um, unbelievably, uh, we talked a bit of smack about the bloke who drafted Jordan Rapana in our league. Um, <laughs> jokes, on, joke, jokes on us now that he that he's come back. Unfortunately, though, uh, he doesn't get him. Even though he drafted him, he doesn't get him. But um, that same bloke had the savvy to uh, to pick up Matt Lodge in that first week afterwards before uh, before it was announced that he was going to return. So a very good pickup, especially considering TPJ's out and David is going to miss some weeks. So there's going to be some space there in that Broncos pack, um, wouldn't you say, boys? Oh, 100%, mate. I, I, I looked at Lodge and he was gone before I got the chance to even... even... Put in off my I was like, shit. Hundred percent. And, Dude, and just sleep I was a week. little bit surprised that Lodge was gone. I was even more surprised to see who, <laughs> and who gone got to. him, <laughs> mate. <laughs> it could have been anyone else, and I would have been like, oh yeah, fair play. Yep. <laughs> Not him. In that same vein, guys, someone who we put a bit of shit on early doors was uh, Dino, who was on one of our episodes, who drafted Bateman as his first pick. Uh, I think it was uh, pick number five in the first round. So it turns out to be that he's uh, he's he's kind of um, been kissed on the dick with that one too. That that that's worked out for him because uh, he's going to come back and 
and he looks like he'll be he'll be in decent shape as well. Um, John Bateman for Canberra. Uh, Cronulla's another team who's got a, a host of uh, host of players back in Wade Graham, Britton Acora, Josh Dugan, Bronson Jerry, and Matt Moylan. Fuck, that's some that's some salary cap. Right <laughs> hey, that's there, a lot it? of our cap just yeah. fucking injured, and it's been like that for a long time. I'm talking maybe the past two seasons. It's just been bulk of our cap sitting on the bench. And it's fucking it's so infuriating as a Cronulla fan and uh, I don't know I don't know if this time off has given Andrew Peters knee any time to get better um, but I'm, I'm hoping it has but we'll see I, just on that I'd like to see a peak for Feeder again but I think we've seen that mate it's so, it's so uh, from good from what I understand his knee is like it, it, it's like those basketball players like Derek Rose and that who had to retire he's like had meniscus continually shaved down he's got like a um i think he had what you had d lane with that um fracture and bone bruising sort of thing and he's getting like shots and you know all this treatment on it and it's just well, not he's got good. no he's got no pcl he also has thing. no pcl yeah. yeah and so as far from what i from what i know about injuries, which isn't a lot, by the way, but just from observations and whatnot, I think he's done. Like in terms of, he might play another three seasons potentially, but we probably aren't going to see the best of Fafita anymore. That's gone. Yeah, I but think in, he's on a decline now. But in saying that, obviously Toby Rudolph has signed with the Warriors uh, for next season. Uh, that might impact his uh, his playing time this season, and they may need a uh, Andrew Fafita. But again, Fafita could be another one. Like, don't you know? I think we kind of overlooked the fact that the break was ten weeks, and that's a long term injury when you think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, well, you know, getting to that long term injury stage. So, um, you know, blokes can definitely work out their niggles, and and you know, I know it's not always the rehab that they would be getting if they uh, the clubs are at full capacity and, and functionality, but uh, you know, rest is it's pretty good. We'll keep moving, guys. Uh, AJ Brimson's the one that hurt me. I picked him up in in the very last round as my seventeenth pick, but uh, he's got the same injury as Dylan Brown and Lukey. You called it uh, late uh, on one of our um, last episodes that uh, he's going to be one to watch. And as you can see uh, from all the stories, it's not looking good for him. So I've ditched him because uh, you see, you, you can't hold him as good as he is. Brandon Smith. Uh, for Melbourne's come back, um, you know, it could be a good hooking option for those out there. Uh, the Knights, uh, my beloved Knights, um, obviously, Jaden Braley is devastating. Um, fucking grub shot from, <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think it was, it was, was it Billy? I think it was Billy Walters actually. I think it might have been Billy Walters who got him. Um, uh, Barnett's shoulders looking pretty nasty as well. Look, you spoke to that and Ponga. Um, did his patented shoulder charge in cover defence and uh, they found him out this time. He's been doing it for about two years and they got him this time. What is it with that, man? Like, surely he knows that eventually it's going to come to this and he's going to get caught doing it. Well, he yeah. hasn't been caught doing it, so why not just keep doing it? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Morgan's another one that's hurt me, but he's just had a bit of a clean out. They reckon he'll be right by round five on that one. Reed Marnie looks like he's good to go, but I put a tweet uh, up or I commented on a tweet um, this afternoon where I think Ray Stone might be someone to look out for because Brad Arthur was talking pretty highly of him as the replacement for Marnie. Um, now, Marnie's coming back two weeks earlier than ahead of schedule, so I can't imagine they're going to play him 80 minutes straight away. Uh, so we know Reed Marnie doesn't have a massive ceiling to start with, 
uh, 80 minutes, busting you out 45 to 50 points each week. Um, so I reckon they'll they'll nurse him back in. So just you know, read Marnie owners beware. Lukey, you got a good pick up in Dylan Edwards there, for sure, because he'll be back. Obviously, he was a ten week layoff with his ankle. Um, you know that was well before the season started, so he's back. Kurt Capewell, I don't think he moves the needle too much there because um, he'll probably come off the bench for the Panthers. Cameron McInnes is another really good pick up for the bloke in our league. Yeah. Um, that's worked out pretty well for him. Um, Tarek Sims comes back as well. And uh, so we move on to the Roosters. Boyd Cordner's back, but again, Lukey, like you said, you know he's just he's frail. It's just count down the minutes <laughs> to the next, to the the next fucking, injury. He's you know? the Roosters, Gavin Cooper. Oh, he is. But isn't isn't he someone who's like gets good for rep time? Gets good for finals time. Hundred <laughs> percent. Who do you take? Gun to your head, Gav Cooper, Boyd Cordner. Oh, Boyd Cordner. Like, like real NRL or Super Coach. Uh, real NRL. Boy, corner every day of the week. Just yeah, lead, leadership, mate. Leadership. Yeah, definitely corner. Because uh, if I was asking about super coach, it wouldn't even be a question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jazz Tavanga, that's going to be a little bit of a funny one. Now, the, the thing about Jazz Tavanga is um, I actually went at the Jazz Tavanga owner in our competition because um, I'm struggling for hooker, but um, I'll put Shit bloke, anyway. To... <laughs> Shit bloke. <laughs> um, but. I think the thing with for Jazz Tavanga owners is, and, and, and he said it, he said, I love Jazz, you know, he's my boy, I've had him for three years or whatever it is now. And that's all fair, but how many of those years has he been suspended and injured? So that's gonna that's part of his um, brand a bit now is Tavanga, is that he's a bit injury prone and he, and he does miss a bit of time with suspension and stuff as well. So, yeah, buyer beware on Jazz Tavanga. And then... Um, Luke Books for the Tigers is a notable. Yeah, um, I'm pretty happy to have him back, to be honest. Inclusion, yeah. So that's kind of the um, suspension and casualty ward there, guys. Um, so let's jump into the free agents because there's a fair bit of activity in our competition over the last few weeks. And now's the time before the team list come out to take a pun on blokes, um, to sum up the injuries and the omissions that have happened in the last few weeks and strengthen, strengthen your side. And as we've both, we've, we've all talked to, right now, because of um, how astute our league has been in, in getting free agents, our waiver wire looks like a graveyard. Like, it is horrid. I've never seen it so bad, but uh, that's a testament to how well everyone's kind of jumped on there and basically picked at the carcass and made sure that their, their, their teams are as strong as they can be heading back into the next round. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Gavin Cooper is still there. People are just <laughs> glossing over quality players and leaving them on the waiver. Kane Evans would be up top, wouldn't he? He is. He is. Yeah. Round two points what? of 91 and, yeah. and blokes out there, not in our league, thankfully, although it wouldn't surprise me, but blokes out there would be picking up Kane Evans on that 91. Just fucking yeah. don't. Just don't. Do not. It's not worth it. Yeah, you need more. You need, you need, you more. need more of a he's gonna uh, knock, simple He's, he's going to knock you out 33 next week. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Again, though, with Nathan Brown not being there um, for the next three rounds, I think, um, due to suspension, um, there's, there's some minutes up for grabs, but uh, Kane, I don't think... Kane doesn't have a particularly big motor, man. No, 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 definitely not. But, you know, he is he, he will see 40 minutes and, and bits and pieces. So if they've got a good matchup, I don't know who they're playing in round four. He might be an option, but I, d- I doubt it. Um, Penny Terrapo is probably in the same boat, really. Yeah. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have put together your wave, uh, your free agent lists um, for us to talk to. But before we jump into the free agent part of it, I've, I've got a bit of a watch list. Now, these are guys who didn't quite make the cut, but over the weeks, you want to keep your eye on because depending on minutes and player rotation, you know, um, game plans and things like that, even draw, these guys could be worth looking at. Um, they're still on our waivers, and I believe, you know, in most 10-man comps, maybe 12s, uh, they'll still be there. So give me your thoughts on on these guys. On, on this, this is my watch list. Obviously, Junior Totola um, had an absolute cannon of a game in, in uh, week one and then fell off a cliff for round two. So, you know, probably need a bit of better sample size there on, on him. And obviously, South going the way they are, they probably need him. Toby Rudolph's another one. Obviously, watch minutes on him because of what's happened with the Warriors signing. Lachlan Burr, I think he gets big minutes. I, I think Lachlan Burr gets big minutes now. Um, you know, they're, they're struggling in the forwards, and he's a guy who uh, was injured at the back end of, of, of the Raiders game in round two. But uh, I expect him to to play some big minutes. Timmy Lafay, um, again, I think it's it, it's contract year for him, so we should be seeing a better version of Timmy Lafay this year. And he's still on waivers after knocking out a couple of thirties. Dustin Olam's another one in the centres. If if someone's looking for an option there, I think it's a matter of time before he starts to put some games together because he did that at the back end of last year. Uh, Kurt Mann's an interesting one. I, I had him on my bench um, and picked him up. Um, in the last week. Now, he's playing 5'8", but he's centre wing a fullback duel, and he's gone 49-58 in two weeks. Now, if the Knights are scoring points, I think he'll have something to say. Um, but again, he's going to be a matchup dependent. And Blake Braley's another one who, for hooker owners, uh, uh, owners who have poor options in, in hooking, he could be another one to look at. So what's your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, mate, I like, um, I like the Justin Olam watch. I just think... He looked pretty good at the end of last year. Like he looked really strong. Um, him, him, and Seve looked pretty hard to handle uh, out in the centres. So I guess, I guess we'll just see there. But Olam, someone that I, I've sort of kept an eye on um, from last year as well. I wanted him. Someone, I think someone else in our league had him at the end of last year. Um, yeah, I think Asa did, mate. Yeah, leading yeah. into the finals. So he, he was pretty solid. Um, obviously, yeah, Toby Rudolph. Rud- we spoke about him. If he gets minutes at Cronulla depending on you know how how Morris feels about the signing of the Warriors and whether he wants to put minutes into him even though he's leaving um, if, if he can get some of those minutes then yeah I, I would definitely definitely uh, throw a free agent at him looks like he's going to get some yeah I agree with you on Lockenberg too Elaine. I think that he's going to get some minutes I think he's a bloke who can play decent minutes and that's what they need they need at least one bloke who's going to be out there in their middle for a good chunk so that there's some continuity that there's a bloke who's just going to get down and dirty and know the flow of the game you know you keep chopping and changing these guys at uh, 40 minutes worth of game time each and I know why they're doing it because they're like we get our peak performance out of these guys at 40 minutes anymore and we start to get penalties and errors so let's just chop them at 40 because realistically would you play any of their forwards there apart from Tohu Harris, more than 40 minutes? Well, yeah, probably Burr would be the only one that I'd yeah. look at. But, but probably before the peck injury, Armel, like I think he's just, I think he, surely he can play 50, 55 minutes at least. Well, he um, was, but from a super coach perspective, doing nothing. Doing nothing, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, look, for me, you know, Tim Laffold's always got that form about him and you got to, you know, centre wingers are thin. 
Um, maybe you can put some few good games together as the Dragons come up against the Warriors first up. So maybe a matchup dependent kind of thing there. But um, that's my watch list, guys. It's just 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 a place to keep an eye on. That's for sure. So let's get into uh, some free agents here, guys. And um, I'll just fire off one. Luki, you can fire off one, and Benny will flick over to you. And we'll have a talk to you know who we think uh, some real real options. I'll start off obviously one from you, for you, Benny and uh, Connor Watson owners. Um, you know definitely uh, punching the air with uh, Braley's injury. I think that uh, what Watson was able to do in the first couple of weeks, um, coming off the bench playing about 55, 60 minutes at lock, um, tells me that he's going to do similar things in a starting role of hooker now. The only thing, and Luke and I were talking about it this morning, uh, Chris Randall is looking like pushing his way onto the bench to give Watson a bit of a spell. I believe it's only going to be for about 20 minutes or so. I don't see him playing huge minutes. He's uh, not the biggest bloke, um, but I think he just rests Watson, and I believe Watson uh, should be in the starting 13 somewhere. So, uh, look, for some reason he's on waivers because of, uh, you know, he wasn't starting. I think the first two rounds should have seen the end of that because he put up big numbers. But uh, Connor Watson should be the first target um, on, on any free agent list. Yeah, I mean, he's a busy player. Um, if he gets the minutes, he nearly always produces points because he just he's one of those blokes that just wants his hands on the footy and he can make sort of anything happen. Um, he's not... kind of reminds me of a, the way he plays. is kind of like Munster. It's real unorthodox and a bit off the cuff. Um, but, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty effective, really. Yeah, yeah. As you said, he he gets the minutes, he gets the points, and he'll get sixty minutes, and that'll be all you'll need from him. He's yeah. Don't worry about the fact that he's not playing Addy. Yep. So, boys, uh, Lukey. So, who trolls uh, a free agent target, mate? Okay. Um, look, probably the best pickup for me, I'm, and I'm hoping, I'm still hoping, is going to be Sioni Matt. Um, so Sione Mataudia from Newcastle. Um, so uh, Mitch Barnett had off-season, uh, off-season. He had neck surgery in the break. Um, so he's supposed to be out till mid-July. Um, but being neck surgery, there's every chance that turns into the rest of the season. You know, you just don't risk these things. So he's dual centre wing, second row. And I think he gets the spot, at least for the first um, crack. Um, so he's definitely worth a pickup in if he if he uh, nabs that spot. So I reckon he's worth taking a pun on because he's probably worth fifty five as a yeah. second rower. Yeah, if he well, gets if he gets sort of sixty minutes in the back row, he usually knocks you out about fifty five. Well, predicted lineup. The NRL.com predicted lineup had uh, Aiden Guerra there, so I think that's the only threat. It's hard to say. It's either one of them, and I think either one of them probably does the job. Like um, obviously Guerra's kind of at the back end of his career now, but I think he still he probably plays yeah sixty minutes there and probably gets you you know mid forties to fifty anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the only about someone to look at because he's dual. Like if he's going to get the spot, you play him in the centres. I wouldn't play him in the back row, but no, no, definitely not. Benny? Um, mate, I've probably got to go with the bloke that I picked up on the waiver, um, Jordan Rapana. We know what he can do. He's a name. Um, it's just going to depend on whether he gets that spot, whether Sticky's happy to boot someone. Um, I've got Curtis Scott in the centres. We spoke about it the other day. Does Bailey Simonson deserve to lose his spot to bring Jordan Rapana in? Or should Jordan Rapana bite his time and wait? So it's just going to... 
it's going to depend on the team list, but if you've got a spot on your bench that you can stash him, it's it's not a bad not a bad pickup. He's a bloke. Rapana's a bloke. You cannot wait for team list to come out because yeah. you'll lose him. You got to get him now. And you know what? If he's not there, if he's not in the team, then you know, flick him. But you don't wait until the team list come out because yeah, someone high on waivers will grab him. I actually think he'll go well without BJ. To be honest, I, I think that. That whole Lepana thing was pretty trash toward the end, and it, and it and it definitely didn't do Rapana any favors. He was obviously nursing some injuries, some time out. Hopefully, he comes back and plays some good footy. So I have to agree with you there. Mate. Who's who's going to play inside him? Will it be Will he be playing on Scott's side? Yep. Yeah. Yes, mate. Yeah. To me, Scott's a better attacking player than BJ anyway. I believe. That has sticky hands though. Like, he does. He does. Yeah. Hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe right. look, maybe maybe Sticky Stewart surprises us and fl- and switches sides because he's definitely someone that could help Croker out. Oh mate, like if you put Rapana outside Croker, like it's a pretty lethal combination, really. Croker's he's pretty silky, um, and he tends to find a way to get the ball away in most situations. Yep, that's it. Good stuff. Well, I'll um, I'll go with um, like who I picked up in Dylan Brown. Um, now, he could be anything, um, and I don't know if he's really proven himself that much, but there's a few injuries and, and a bit of uncertainty around a few halves in the league, and so I think that uh, if he's still found himself on waivers, because week one, he um, didn't really set the world on fire um, in the first round. So based on that, if someone hasn't picked him up, I think Dylan Brown's definitely someone that, um, you know, a Morgan owner or a Cleary owner, um, maybe even a Cody Walker owner uh, should definitely look at as a bit of cover. Yeah, definitely. Um, probably with the shallow halves pool that there is out there, he probably should be owned already almost. Uh, you know, like there's probably some fairly ordinary halves going around at the moment. So I would have thought Dylan Brown should probably be owned, but if he's on your waivers or a free agent list, definitely grab him. Hey, Lukey, who you got, mate? I've actually got um, someone who's a bit of a surprise, and that's um, Kieran Forum. I think um, with the, the say if, if you're the Cleary owner, um, I'd be looking at Kieran Forum. Um, I believe he's dual positioned, so he's half five eight. Um, and it sounds like oh he's never been relevant. And when we did our all time five eights um, show. He, he proved not to be. But if you have a look, I'll just bring up his games from last year. So he played three... He, he did get injured a lot last year, so I think he's, he's played... No, really? Yeah. Not Kieran <laughs> yeah, Foran. That's right. So how many how many games has he played? Um, One? He played 14 four years? last year. 14 last year, right? So he played three games and he got... Uh, he got a 78 and a 46 in that three-game stretch. And then the middle of the season where he's played seven games, have a listen to this, 50, 79, 30, 70, 90, 45, 45. Yeah, it's up and if down, it, but there's some big scores in there. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like there's, you know, so, and Canterbury seemed to play better when he's there because he's experienced, he's an old head. And I'm just... He's not horrible to have in his side, I think. If Canterbury are going to make a run, it's going to be on the back of him being fit and playing footy. And he's probably going to be... They can't generate points without him. And those scores show that he can generate points. 
like attacking stats because like their base his base stats when he did those hit those scores were probably made up 30% of his score so, I reckon sorry I didn't say anything there because I was just throwing up in my mouth a little bit all I'm telling you though is he's he's actually taken he was drafted he was drafted in our, our that's, league that's even sadder and, and, and you know, you know it was probably, and I know who it was, it was from the guy who had him when he was scoring those points. And, and I, get, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a hard one. He reminds me a lot of Derek Rose. Like he's, yeah, it's just, there's potential, but he's just, I just don't know if he ever gets back to being that dominant half. There's just so much injury concern over him that uh, oh, even, yeah. for, even for a matchup play, like, uh, you know, say they're playing the Titans or something like that, you think, oh, look, he's got to get points here, but it doesn't matter who the competition is. There's blokes actually providing physical contact on the other team. <laughs> there's a chance that he may not make it. But, look, I agree. I mean, the halves pool is, is, is kind of thin, so, um, look, it could be could be a point of difference. I reckon he plays pretty good against Manly in that first week, if you're going to get him. Might be, well, might be the way to do it. I reckon that if he was available in our league, I would have taken him over Ash Taylor as someone to replace Cleary. Yeah, fair cool. Fair cool. Well, you know you're going to get effort. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Benny, who you got, mate? Um, well, you spoke about it before, about one of the boys in our league picking him up on the first week of the break, and um, I'd have to go with Matt Lodge. If he's available, you have to get him now. He's on track to make a return, um, but... If he gets named, he's in the same boat as Jordan Rapani. You're gonna miss. You're gonna miss out if you don't take him now. Um, Pangai's out for another three weeks with the suspension, yeah. um, so he's gonna get bulk minutes there. He's gonna knock you out sixty easy, and he's probably gonna do that even when Pangai's back. My concern with uh, Lodge is obviously the early season form of Thomas Flegler, um, and even with Lodge coming back. Uh, it's from a partially torn ACL, which is a fairly mm. serious injury. I dare say they nurse him. He's not going to play big minutes. I don't think he plays big minutes early. I think Flegler probably uh, at least gets half of the 80 um, to start with. So Matt Lodge is definitely someone who, yeah, you've got, you've got to pick him up to have a look at, but I, I wouldn't be playing him straight up. I'll just be having a look at his minutes and seeing what he does there and what that rotation is because when Pangai comes back and for feeder talk about fucking mouths to feed oh man holy shit yeah. Look, like they're, they're the strongest pack in the league man it's insane the amount of talent they got there um like i don't know what happens with pangai now i don't know He'll if the second row if yeah. the feed is still out when pangai comes back pangai plays on that edge and jamil hopawati is out what does what does Seebs do about his discipline issues who cares? What does it matter? You've got so many weapons there. It really doesn't matter. You just go, give us your good footy, mate. And if we lose you for a few weeks, so what? Yeah, okay. But you, you may not say that to him, but you just like... You just cop it. We don't care. We don't care because we've got that many good weapons. And if Jamil Hopawati plays well, then it just gives you some solid depth. If he plays well, he'll get signed by a Sydney club and he'll go back down there. But yeah, they, okay. they're proving to have a bit of depth at the moment. And look, at the end of the day... Um, you know, for feeder, this is in response to your plenty of mouse to feed comment, Elaine. When you think about for feeder, he doesn't get an awful lot of footy. He probably only gets maybe 10 runs a game. Oh, I don't know. He probably gets more than that, but it seems like he doesn't get a lot of footy. Then all of a sudden, 
will just pull some bullshit, ridiculous play out of his ass and just beat half the team. And then, you know, might have one other decent contribution in the match and that's it. You know, he still does a decent amount of tackles, but he's not someone who gets a lot of football. No, I, I agree. Um, I think they work him into it at some point in the year. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, his base stats aren't huge. He relies on a definitely on a big play. But um, I think they'll, they'll work to him a little bit more. I think that we really haven't seen the full effect of Brodie Croft yet, even though the first two games are pretty impressive. And I think he helps to kind of bring him in. Um, Milford's running game probably comes into it a little bit more too. Um, and it just opens up. Look, the Broncos are going to be pretty dynamic this year. And um, they, they could be smokies for, for a flag, to be honest, if they can put it all together and they can stay fit. They don't have any. They don't have too many like really, really weak spots. And and like you said, blokes like um, Carrigan and Flegler uh, probably go back to to the bench when they're fully fit, and that just strengthens their bench right up. You know, Alex Glenn being the captain, hopefully gets sixty minutes because I've got him on on an edge at least. But um, you know, there's a fair rotation happening there, and um, you know, a fair bit of depth. Um, with some players getting some minutes now. So, yeah, I agree. Benny Lodge is, is definitely someone that should be picked picked up. Um, I'm going to go with a bit of a smoky um, and, and kind of go down my list a little bit and say that Dylan Napper is someone that uh, if you're weak in the forwards, especially front row, obviously, because he's front row only, uh, look at look at Napper. Um, I think he's, uh, he's put together a couple of pretty good games and he's playing decent minutes. He's playing upwards of 50 minutes. So for a front rower, that's pretty pretty good. And again, they're a little bit light in the forwards now that they've lost Harrowir and Naira. Um, they're going to do a little bit of shuffling and stuff there and Joe Stimson. So I think he plays big minutes. He's a senior forward now. Um, so I believe that uh, he's someone that should be known now. I think he's got best part of 50 points in both games. He's a plug and play kind of guy. But if you definitely need options in your front row, I think Dylan Knapp could do worse. He's going to uh, be pushing for, for Queensland selection this year, and I think that uh, we see a pretty solid year out of uh, Dylan Napper. Or, or he knocks out 35s and Dusty looks like he does know what he's talking about. Well, what do you get? Uh, he's averaging he's averaging 49. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's hit, yeah, he hit a 50. He's, he's done all right. Yeah, so. so he got 42 and then 50 whatever. Um, yeah, so he... he I know what you're saying, though, Benny. He's definitely capable of that. When he's playing shit footy, you can guarantee uh, he, he can bust you out those those low scores. But uh, I think that, um, you know, those first two games, especially the second game where, uh, you know, he um, they got their ass handed to him by the Cowboys, he, he put up a fairly decent score. So um, I think he's worth having a look at. And let me just have a look. 56 against the Cowboys. So, yeah, it's just not the, too bad. It's just the dogs, man. I just can't. Just can't bring so myself tough, to sign any dogs. So you don't want to watch. You're just <laughs> disinterested. Well, they're two best scoring players, Ockenbore and Harrow are now gone. <laughs> yeah, so in that second week, uh, scored 52, uh, 56, played 57 minutes, and 52 of those came in base. Week one, scored 42 points, but he got 44 points in base. A couple of missed tackles brought him down. So, yeah, look, you know. Probably reckon based on that he probably should be owned. 
And he's got the Dragons in week four too. So, um, yeah, if you light on in the front row, which I know Luke is, and he's probably just picked him up as we're talking about it, <laughs> um, he's definitely someone to look at. So, Luke, who you got, mate? Just on that, um, despite actually not playing any first grade this year, I heard that uh, Ockenbore and Harrow and I scored quite well in the preseason. Yeah. <laughs> You probably have to delete that one anyway. Be alone, scratch that. I don't know how politically correct it is. So, no, I, heard, I heard they're only knocking out 16s and 17s. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, yes. Uh, good stuff. So, so who is your who is your free agent target though? Um, well, actually, this is this guy's probably my number one. If he's still on a free agency, is if he's still in free agency, it's um, uh, ludicrous. But Dylan Edwards, he should be picked up by now. He is fullback only, um, but there's probably blokes in your comp who are playing worse fullbacks than him based upon how he performed last season, uh, which was fairly reasonable. Like it wasn't uh, really good, but after his uh, shaky start, he actually put some half decent games together at the back end of the year. So um, with the Penrith attack sort of humming along there, I don't know why uh, you wouldn't have him in your side if he's still on free agency. Definitely pick him up. Averaged a, a clean 50 last year, but, you know, from round 17 onwards, well, actually, yeah, he's from round 12, he's gone 62, 67, 53, 50, 113, 35, 58, 63, 83, 37, 65, 49, 44. So there's plenty of uh, decent scores there. He should definitely be owned. He was drafted in our league, wasn't he? Someone grabbed him and ditched him. Mm-hmm. They did, oh, yeah, didn't they, they Benny? Did. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Sure did. Oh, well, oh, he got Teddy, so there's, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, it was more to free up space. I think I needed to have some depth in other positions, and I'm pretty sure I just pulled the trigger on it. And I, I've got a pretty bad taste in my mouth from it, and Dylan it was from last year. So still yeah, still yeah. hung around and I just went, nah, I don't have time for this bullshit there. Yeah. He, he's a guy that probably reminds me a bit more of Munster than Watson. Yeah, um, yep. He, he's got an awkward running style. He he, he does break tackles. He's, he's not overly quick. He's not overly strong, but he, but he is effective when he gets going. Um, confidence is a big thing for him. Obviously, he was dropped to the wing and then dropped altogether last year at some point, I believe. So um, if you can stay on the park, which I think that uh, Penrith need him there because this is his third or fourth year now um, they need a few guys with a bit of experience because I think they are the second Penrith are the second youngest list I think um, was it we were listening to that chat with Seabold the other day and I think he was saying that they are or maybe Broncos are the second youngest or one of the two so they've got a fairly inexperienced squad that's for sure yeah yeah definitely Benny um, mate, like you touched on Dugan and Moylan before. If, if either Dugan or Moylan um, are on the free agency and you've got space to stash Moylan, maybe. Um, Dugan's a bigger one. If he gets that fullback spot, he's someone you need to start. He's dual center wing fullback, so it, it's it, it's a no-brainer. But um, you, if you pick up Moylan, you've got to hope that he can finally find the form he had at Penrith uh, I haven't seen it yet since he's been with us at Cronulla and he's just spent a lot of time on the sideline injured with Sean Johnson and, and Dugan I think they've become pretty good mates over there on the bench 
But yeah, uh, look, if, if Dugan gets a fullback spot, you got to start him and just hope he doesn't get injured and hope that Moylan doesn't come back. Uh, and then, yeah, if Moylan makes it back and you can you can stash him, then you kind of... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't take a punt personally, but if, if you need someone in those positions, then yeah, it, it's worth it. Yeah, well, hence why I've grabbed him. So, Because I also sort of thought if he goes back to the wing, he'll be a contributor on the wing. I'd be interested to see what he generates on the wing, you know, especially if the Cronulla attack gets going and Johnson actually starts to um, generate some points. I, I think he could actually be a bit of a contributor on the wing. So, Super coach-wise, I think I'm, I'm higher on Dugan than I am on Moylan. I just think yeah. Dugan's an effort player and Moylan, yeah, not, not as much. Oh, no, definitely not. Moreland's 100% attacking stats. Yep. Dugan's got a lot of base about him. Uh, someone um, probably uh, that's probably teetering on the edge of a free agent target and a watch list is Kyle Flanagan. Um, probably got drafted in a lot of leagues, uh, but if he's on the free agent list again with a few injuries in your halves, it's worth having a look at. I don't think we've probably seen the best of him. They struggled a little bit with two losses, the Roosters, um, and didn't look to play that great footy. I think they'll come into their own. Uh, whether that's with Flanagan playing his best footy, I'm, I'm not too sure if he really fits everything that they're doing there at the Roosters, but it's worth a look at him um, because of obviously the goal kicking as well. Um, but definitely the lack of halves, I think someone you can look at is, is, is Kyle Flanagan because, again, uh, he's going to be part of a fairly high-performing Roosters team. So if there's going to be points, they can potentially be coming from his boot or his pass. Yeah, agree. I, I would have liked to have picked him up, but yeah, he went he went in our draft. Yeah, I think yeah, a, a good reserve half, or if you don't have a decent half, you could definitely play him. Probably to get a reasonable output. Lucky, who you got, mate? Um, look, uh, I'm probably going to go with Lachlan Burr. I think based upon what we were talking about earlier, um, that they need a bloke who's going to play lengthy minutes in the middle, and he's that bloke. Um, I'm probably sure up a spot so he's proven in the past that he can score quite big just on base alone and he, he doesn't mind an off, a sneaky offload and stuff like that so he has the ability to score reasonably well when he does get minutes so I'd definitely look at picking him up um, he's a second row so he's probably third second rower for you um, but yeah could definitely do a job um, I'll take this opportunity to uh, elaborate on what I mentioned earlier about the Warriors and their free agencies um, I'd probably that's probably all I'd do for the Warriors in terms of picking up a free agency uh, scouring free agency for those players despite all their injuries um, what you've got to remember is that this team is going to get des- like obliterated every week so there's some things you've got to consider they're not going to have a lot of time on the field because they're going to be standing behind the goalposts a fair bit. And I, 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 that sounds like I'm taking the piss, but it's actually a genuine fact. Plus, they're going to be tackling a lot and you only get one point for a tackle. And they're not going to have the footy because they're going to be on the end of some pretty ordinary score lines, which means they're not going to be generating points or attacking stats. So... Yes, it's probably maybe good to look at a Parsi, maybe good to look at a Papali'i, guys like that, Adam Blair. But it's it's not. I don't believe this is my personal opinion that it's going to turn into anything 
relevant because the Warriors literally will not be on the field or with the football long enough to manufacture anything worthwhile. Yeah, yeah I agree, make, man. Yeah, good point. I, I think you probably make a fairly good point there. So, sucks to be RTS owners um, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> and Tohu Harris owners. Shit, shit like anyway. <laughs> so, Benny, who have you got, mate? We'll, uh, we'll be probably coming to the end of the battle. Yeah, I've only got here. one more. And it's not a definite pickup. It's someone I wanted to talk to you about because you've got your finger on the pulse of Newcastle. Tex Hoy. He now, was going to be mine next. Yeah. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Took that off you. Yeah. No, no. All good. All good. But you can, like, you can talk about him, about him too because, like I said, you, you've got your finger on the pulse at Newcastle being a supporter. He was good in the nines. He looked real good in the nines. Um, he looked quite composed, especially for a young fella. Um, oh, I don't know what their rotation is going to be. Is Lenor out? Is Lenor done? Uh, look, I think he's there if we, we cop some fairly big injuries. I think uh, AOB likes... The look of Kurt Mann, so I think he's got the five-eight spot. But Tex Hoy was a six, and he's five-eight only. So that's that's the other thing. The downside to Tex Hoy is he's five-eight only. Yeah. But he um he played six through the juniors. Um, that's that's a position he can handle. But I think fullback's his best position. He's a little bit slight at the moment. I don't think his body's fully um ready for for, for frontline five-eight responsibility um so fullback's good for him um so he's probably a good plug and play over the next week with, with ponger out but what he could do is he could push kurt man for the 5-8 spot um because i think he's going to be pretty dynamic he's got a, a a shit hot running game and he's quick as as you could as you could see from the nines but i guess the, the downside is um he's not dual that's that's where it's gonna that is tough um, but yeah. in saying that, the five-eight stocks are pretty fucking slim. I think if he plays at five-eight, though, he he probably doesn't. He's probably not that attractive. You want him at fullback and playing in the five-eight because you get his runbacks. Um, you get him chiming in and potential tries and stuff. I think he's going to be a bit of a target if he has to play in the front line a little bit. And he doesn't have a great deal of ball playing about him that I've seen. But I haven't seen a great deal of him. Um, and that's where uh, it might be a bit of a danger with Tex Hoy. Good this week because, or, or next week, sorry, because uh, Hong is out. And if you're in a, if you're playing in a keeper league, maybe stash him <laughs> for next season. <laughs> um, you know, he might find himself permanently there if uh, Hong chucks his toys out of the cot or something, um, because he's got a bit of a pressure on. He's going to go play All Blacks. Yeah, something like that. But um, not a bad pickup this week. Yeah, definitely. There's a couple in, in, in speaking about the fullbacks though and blokes coming into there. What about the Adam Dewey switch? They reckon he's going to be playing fullback at the Tigers now. Yeah. And he's pretty handy, man. He's not a bad player. Oh, he'll he'll go well at fullback. I, I don't really know what's the strongest part of his game. I think running because I think he's about six foot two or three and you know, a hundred kilos, so he, he's a big dude. Um you know, but he can ball play as well, so I'll, I'll be interested. I to me, he doesn't look quick enough to be a fullback. Uh, he he's, he's just he looks like a looks like a five eight to me, maybe like a John Sutton style rangy five eight. But yeah, we'll see. Yep. And someone else said if he hasn't been picked up and you you're struggling in the hookers and you need a halfback reserve as well, um, is Billy Walters. That's I've got him. I don't know how the whole Harry Grant thing's looking. Uh, have you boys heard much on that? 
Well, no, and, and I think I touched on that a little bit earlier because I picked up Harry Grant early doors thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be a gold nugget. I got him, I think it was round just after round one when I knew the switch was happening. But the thing is, it's a it's a three-piece feed there at the moment in, in hookers. Like, you got Harry Grant, Billy Walters and Josh Reynolds all going to be fighting it out for half a position, basically, mm. 40 minutes on the field. So I've got Grant... Uh, yeah, I, I just think you have a look at it. I, I don't know if there's much in it, to be honest. I mean, they did bring him up, so I guess Harry Grant probably gets minutes because they wouldn't have done the swap for nothing. And I don't think Josh Reynolds is in their long-term plans. I've heard that there's a mid-season switch on the table back to the Bulldogs, potentially. Yep. Um, and if that's the case, then, um, you know, probably opens makes the picture a bit clearer with Grant and Walters. But still, they probably share minutes. Walters didn't do a horrible job um, I saw Grant uh, play in the nines and in the trials and he looks every bit the, not, the first grade nine oh, like, he, he's sharp man he's real good so I, I'm, I'm hoping by picking him up the Tigers believe that too and he gets the, the lion's share or should I say the Tigers share of the minutes that was horrible uh- <laughs> fucking shit <out. laughs> let's, let's not try to do that again so Bush um, League yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so but that's that's my take on the the Tigers hookers hooker piece anyway. Can I just add another one to keep an eye out for? And you can either take a pun on him now or um wait for team lists because I don't think anyone's rushing to get him. But if you've got that extra spot, I think Dean Brick from Canterbury, I reckon he's gonna be the one that grabs that um Harrower and Ira. Uh, sorry, the Joe Stimson, Harawira and Ira Edge. Um, I know that, you know, Raymond Fatalamarin is around, but I don't know that he's a real favourite of Dean Hayes. And I, I really liked what I saw from Dean Britt last year at Souths. He just, he was rugged, he was tough, you know, and he had tackle busts in him. He probably only played 30 minutes a game, but he, you know, always pulled out some decent scores, you know, PPM scores anyway for when he was on the park. And just a good footy player to watch. Just a real rugged, tough fella, uncompromising. Just rolled his sleeves up and did some tough stuff. And I reckon that um, Pale love that and he'll get that spot. And there's probably a chance he plays 80 there. And, you know, it could be well worth a stash. Yeah, can't argue. I've, it is someone that I had on a watch list, so. What, what do you reckon? Does the needle change too much, that much for Canterbury if they do get the Josh Reynolds? Josh Reynolds fully fit, halves of Reynolds and four. And does that move Canterbury much? It kind of feels like it might to me. I don't know. Look, mate, I've never been a huge fan of Josh Reynolds' skill. He's not a skillful player. He's gritty and he's, you know, he's determined. He's an effort player. Um, he's always busy. He's kind of, I don't know, I've never been one to look much into his his ball skills or anything like that and I think they really need somebody who's controlling with the footy in hand um, and has good ball skills because at the moment they're lacking that a lot oh sorry boys I was just tucking my boner up in the waistband because I'm having a look at Dean Britt's stats from last year and I got firm so just have a listen to this uh, from round 12 onwards 51 minutes, 57 points. 52 minutes, 48 points. 41 minutes, 40 points. 56 minutes, 70 points. 
39 minutes, 47 points. 68 minutes, 57 points. So he's he's well up around the 1.2 points per minute. Mm. Um, he's definitely someone, I think, uh, yeah, if, if Canterbury can give him some minutes, um, he's definitely someone to look at, that's for sure. What is he? Is he dual? Oh, I don't know, actually. I, I, I didn't have a look, but um, I no, reckon he's, he's, be, he's, uh, no, he's two RF, just two RF. Just two RF. Yeah, just two RF. If, fuck, man, if he plays 80, shit. If he, well, if he, he plays 60, he, I think man. He played in, yeah, I think he played in the middle at South, which meant he was doing a, a fair bit of work. But if he plays um, 80 on an edge, I think his PPM will go down, but I still think he's he's someone who'll roll the sleeves up. And, you know, like he, he used to get tackle busts and eight-meter runs like he was just a real rugged bastard. Um, what we can do is we can put him in, just file him away in the cabinet or the book of um, stars that have been predicted by myself, along with Mitch Dunn and just, we'll, we'll just make a list. Britain Acora. And then it... Yeah, and then at the end of the show, uh, at the end of the season, we'll go, yep, Elaine predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to it's, me. Might, might be time for bed, mate, by yourself. I think you got some work to do, brother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. All right, well, we've, as I said, we've probably um, scraped the bottom of the barrel with uh, with our free agent targets. But um, look, Tuesday night, we're back team lists we're going to have a fair bit to sink our teeth into and we're going to be able to see if any of these have uh, come to fruition it's good to have footy back though boys and um you know even better to be able to play a bit of super coach on the back of what's happened um so that probably wraps us up for the night um catch us on on twitter at uh our um our handle at headbin nrl uh lukey we've also got a ha- uh, facebook page happening at the moment as well which we're, we're get slowly getting off the ground so we'll get a bit of uh, info about that over the next coming weeks and hopefully over the next couple of weeks our, our, our um, fan base or our followers on Twitter are growing so we'll have a couple of competitions and stuff and give away a few uh, cool prizes and bits and pieces and try and get a bit of listener interaction happening over the next few weeks once we're up and established and we can uh, get some footy back under our belts. So, and I'd, I'd just you... like to point out that the boys in our league are excluded from winning any prizes because you're all fuckheads. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's facts, but probably aren't good enough to win prizes anyway. So, true. Yeah. If, we, if we were doing super cage trivia, yeah. Yep. Wouldn't be our comp. <laughs> So, all good boys. So, that being said, uh, wraps us up again, and uh, we'll catch everybody on uh, Tuesday night for another episode of The Headbin. And uh, till then, boys, uh, have a good weekend, and we'll catch you then. Cheers, lads. See you, boys. See you, boys.